0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Hearable, the book-reading subscription for people who are too lazy to read by themselves, or simply too much of a dullard to know how. When you take out a Hearable subscription, a peasant will follow you around as you get on with your business. No, not that sort of business and they will read a book to you while you work. Hearable offers a wide selection of more than six books, including The Half-Life of Cheese by C.J. Cheddar, The Importance of Being Important by Lord Bunting of Lee, Adventures in Crop Rotation by Jess Frimlington, Candles and Their Uses by James Lucerne, Memoirs of a Blanket Weaver by Amelia Textual, the best-selling Tale of Two mid Mid-Sized Towns by Charles Spiggins, and uh, that's the entire library. Hearable is only three groats every full moon. All oh, the tabletop are outplayed news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Morris, aka Russ, or Russ, aka Morris, and with me today is. Peter Coffee from the Southampton
2: Guild Role Players. As ever, I'm absolutely amazed, delighted, astounded even to be here, uh, but I will say it's very, very hot.
1: And you'd much rather be at that barbecue you've just left?
2: I would much rather be at a barbecue. That's how I've dedicated I am, listeners, to your delight and listening pleasure. I. I have voluntarily left the barbecue to drive over here so I could record this most amazing of podcasts. Yes. And then That's get,
1: right. And That's then you're going back to the barbecue. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I can't really argue with that decision. Yeah. Are we meeting Sharon in the pub, I imagine?
2: Excellent choice. An Excellent choice. It's a lovely sunny day. It's something like, what, 27, 28 degrees outside, which is pretty hot in the country of nowhere. It's air not the same as the temperature of the sun, I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's it like... You know, maybe, I mean, it depends on whether you're in the shade or not. It's like, um, <laughs> I believe outside of the shade it may actually be hotter than the sun. <laughs> some might say this flies in the face of all the laws of known physics, and i say these people would be right, <laughs> but that's not how it feels right now. Well <laughs> right then, should we do some RPG news? I think we RPG should. Okay,
1: let's <laughs> RPG the news... The RPG... That, oh, I'm going, go, I'm going to run away with this
0: joke because it's just not working.
1: It's okay. Sometimes you just have to experiment these things. <laughs> okay, then. So, um, last week we, um, we reported that Eberron had just been announced. Yeah. And uh, over the last week, some more details have come in. Ooh. Exciting details. Ooh. First thing is that cover... Yeah. ...that was splashed all over the internet... Oh, yes, uh, of a lady with some sort of strange fox. Yeah. So this cover appeared... Yes. ...on the Amazon web page. Yes. On the Wizard of the Coast product announcement page. Yes. All across the top uh, header graphics on their uh, press release page. Yes. Um, so everywhere you looked, this th- there was this cover. Yes. And then it got quite a lot of negative feedback.
2: Oh. Um, well, it's a picture of, I don't know, some person with a
1: sort of strange fox thing on, and... With wings, some winged uh, thing. Winged fox, yeah. On her, on her shoulder. But I actually quite liked it. Yeah,
2: it's all right. I, I,
1: I didn't quite get the pushback from it. But anyway, whatever, so I quite liked it. I will say it doesn't look like any of the other wrong covers I've seen. But it does look like a cover, because it is a... If you see the full, full image, it stretches out, and there's landscape going off to the left and stuff, so it's like oh, a yeah. proper wraparound thing. Oh, nice, full wraparound for the book. Nice. yeah. yeah. But um, yes. Jeremy Crawford from Wizard of the Coast oh. uh, went onto Twitter to That's tweet that that is not, in fact, the cover, it's just a placeholder.
2: Oh, so they, they, they did their big press release on all their channels of communication and used a placeholder cover? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure that seems
1: perfectly reasonable. Okay. So I don't know what the real covers meant. They did um, show cool. us the limited edition cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that one? I don't think I have. What's it look like? Allow me to investigate for you. Let me call it up. Everyone covers just a placeholder, perhaps? I think that'll just show that one. Yeah. So that's the full do you see do you know what I mean? There's oh, yeah, stuff yeah. going off in the background there.
2: It's sort of got a um oh what's it? Avengers Infinity War? What's the last one called, do you remember? The Avengers where they have like stuff coming out of like circles. Endgame. Avengers endgame, of course it is. Yeah, so it's sort of got a bit of that with those um. Like uh, craft coming out of holes and things.
1: I mean, the cover, cover artist for that, or well, the artist for that, whether or, mm. whether or not he's now the cover artist, but it does say under there where can I buy it, it says, um, grab an alternate cover designed by Vance Kelly, yeah. Warden Karnin's Tomb of Foes alternate cover, through game stores, or pick up a standard cover by Ben Oliver. Oh yeah, yeah. Curse of Strahd, Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah, yeah. So that's Tomb of the Annihilation's cover.
2: Yeah, no, I'm... And I'm, uh, you
1: know, that's Strauss, yeah, I mean, you know what yeah. they look like, yeah, but... They are you know. perfectly reasonable. Yeah, and this is the same artist again. Yeah. So then if we look at the Special Edition cover. That I do rather like.
2: Okay, I've got to say that is a much better cover. Mm. Uh, it's nothing against the first one. It's just, um, if you're going to be playing an Eberron game, there are certain expectations, like... You're playing across a really huge city, it's very urban, you want that pulp feel, you've got a flying ship flying through a ring, you've got like a um, noir, it's sort of got a very dark and a sun setting, so it's really atmospheric. So yeah, I'm loving all that brass on on, on the front cover, so hmm. yeah. And that is in keeping with the colour scheme of the uh, special editions that I've seen. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice.
1: Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, great podcast material, this, talking about a cover. But we'll put a link in the show notes, as always, and then less, you, can, you can you can hop along there and, and take a look for yourself. Talk about not one, but two, po- two covers. How exciting. I know. It's the best. <laughs> but that wasn't the only bit of news about Eberron. <gasps> we also found out what races will be in Eberron.
2: Yes, yes, they uh, promised a load of races. Yes.
1: Mm,
2: I know they have shifters and changelings and... Um, I want to say Kalashtar, which I think are sort of a spooky psychic health. Shifters being sort of
1: vaguely, vaguely werewolf-esque and Changelings being essentially doppelgangers. I can give you the full list. Yeah, yeah. Um, So this again from Jeremy Crawford. Yes. There's eight races in there. Excellent. Um, Official versions of the previous playtest races are the Warforge, Changelings, uh, Kalashtar and Shifters. Yep, yep. I've
2: seen uh, Changelings and Shifters in play. And, in fact, Warforged as well. Uh, one of the people in our Eberron game was playing a uh, mechanical artificer. So, mm.
1: exciting stuff. And we also have goblins, bugbears, hobgoblins, and orcs.
2: Okay. Um, oh, it'll be interesting to see what their take on orcs is, because the ones in Volo's Guide to Monsters, which would be for the Rune setting... Um, they're just worse than regular half-orcs.
1: Well, Jeremy Crawford did, in fact, comment on that very subject. Did he? He said... Yes. He's been saying that a lot. He said, uh, the playable orc in Eberron is different from the orc in Volo's Guide to Monsters. Um, good. The playable goblinoids in Eberron use the same traits as the ones in Volo's. Okay, so they kept the good bits,
2: like the goblin bonus action to uh, dash and disengage and so forth. Presumably, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they said, oh, actually... Maybe a minus two to intelligence
1: and a deeply mediocre reaction. Maybe not what we want for a playable character. Well, I guess we'll find out when the book comes out. Yeah. Unless they do some kind
2: of preview. Yeah, so in case it just turns out those were placeholder races. (laughs) I believe that's five points to my game of conversational assassins. <laughs> Marvellous. <laughs> Podcast derailed successful. <laughs> oh, God, such a tear coming out my eye there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you poured me a glass of water. Apparently I've got a pint of bitch juice
1: here.
0: <laughs> mm, refreshing.
1: Oh, that was a very, very well-timed. <laughs> <laughs> i give you my compliments, <laughs> Oh, thank you. That's most kind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go right. Okay. I compose myself. I <laughs> do <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know... It
2: wasn't even that funny. <laughs> i you got off to how it, uh, Podcast now consist of nothing but 85 minutes of us laughing at a <laughs> terrible, terrible joke. <laughs> oh, yes.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, then Greg Tito or Tito. Yes. Over at Wizard of the Coast. Yes. Yeah. Um, he did a, um, a stream, a live stream. Oh, yes, yes. Um I didn't see it live but I I've, I've seen reports of it afterwards. Well, um, does he work in Seattle? Yes. That's yeah, I why think, I didn't see it. I think, think, <laughs> think no why do not see it live. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like two o'clock in the morning or mm. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um so he uh showed some bits and pieces off about the everyone book. So he showed the uh back of the cover. Oh yeah, yeah. that's the back of the special edition cover. Yeah, of yeah. The special edition cover, yeah. yeah. Um he mentioned that the artificer yes. uh, has three subclasses. Ooh. Although um he didn't name them. Okay. Um, he uh, mentioned that the group patrons were the thing that excited him. Mm-hmm. Um, you used the example of a team working for a university. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, think, I think
2: we did mention that uh, we were going from the Mr. Johnsons of the D&D world mm-hmm. as in pa- mysterious and shadowy patrons giving adventuring parties uh, jobs.
1: I'll try to, run to next week. Shall I run next week? Yes, <laughs> yes. Are we doing D&D? Yes, for the avoidance
2: of any doubt. Um,
1: Eberron creator Keith Baker yes. contributed a lot to the book. That's good. Uh, Jeremy Crawford was the lead. Okay. Uh, James Wyatt also worked on the book, as did a whole bunch of freelancers. As is traditional. hmm And um, I know the, um, Claudio Posas is at least one person who has art in it, because I no. tweeted it, and he responded, I have art in this. So, well, no. good work, Claudio. Yeah, but he said it in a Welsh accent. Oh, good work, Claudio. <laughs> He's actually Brazilian. Oh hey, good work, Claudio. I don't know. Mm. Um, and where are we? And there's a chapter that's a gazetteer of Sian. Okay, that sounds like it will be telling you about Shan, which I presume it is a place. It does. In
2: fact, I think it's actually a tower city. I was paying attention, Lee, um, which is where a lot of it's <laughs> set. I believe it's a city large enough to have its own weather system.
1: That was a pretty big
2: city. Yes.
1: Mm.
2: I don't know. I didn't get around all of it. I was just throwing myself off things.
1: Yes, yeah, reasons. Um, also, Jeremy Crawford added a little bit more detail. Ah. Um, he says Everyone Rising from the Last War has nearly 100 pages yes. on building adventures in Corvair, yes. the uh, the continent scarred by the Last War. Yes. And that chapter includes a first level adventure in the towering city of Shan. Bum, bum, bum. There we go. Yeah, good times. Lots and lots of stuff about everyone. Yes. That's quite exciting, new we setting. Should, we should rename this the Eberron News Podcast.
2: Yes. Let's not do that. No, that's terrible idea. Yeah, it's an awful idea. We should rename it the Wizards of Pod, that's much
1: better. <laughs> Wizards <Anyway>. of Pod. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose we are the Wizards all, 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 all right. I'll let us be the Wizards of Pod. woo I finally, after Yay! 63, Seven? 64, 67 I I know, episodes, a number of Um we are now officially the Wizards of Pod.
2: Yes, too
1: late to change branding, but never mind. Yeah. Uh, what have I just agreed to? Nah. <laughs> you know it. the 5th uh, uh, edition sci-fi game, Esper Genesis? Oh, I ever. Well, yeah. they have just <laughs> released a monster book called ah! the Threats Database.
2: How exciting.
1: Full of alien gribblies. 200 sci-fi monsters and NPCs for 5e. That is a chunky amount of uh, beasties. Yes. Let's look at the cover there.
2: Uh, yeah. Okay, well, that's... a. Uh, it's definitely leaning into H.R. Geiger's interpretation yes, of aliens. that's what I, I was say. thinking. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's a little Geiger-esque, isn't it? Uh,
2: and with a with a soupçon of mind flare. Mm. Uh, that looks like a spicy little number, indeed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah okay. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that, that's, right. that, that's that. Anyway. Uh, uh,
2: well, of the work as per Genesis. The. Uh, uh are you working on a sci-fi game, if I remember your Facebook correctly? Yeah, I am not working
1: on sci-fi <laughs> I was posted. Sci-5-E, I thought you were going to say. Sci-5, I think it was, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I said yeah. if I were to make a sci-fi game, I would call it Sci-5. Yeah. And it just ended up with a great big page full of puns. So many puns. Just to clarify, I'm not making a 5e sci-fi game.
2: Official breaking news. Uh, Morris of Ian Well Publishing denies making a sci-fi supplement for 5e. <laughs>
1: I am not doing that.
2: It was all just a terrible Ah. joke gone wrong. Bit of Warhammer 40k. Oh, go on then.
1: Would you like to see the cover of Cubicle
2: 7's revamped version of the book? Yes, I mean, this is the perfect time to uh, show off that sort of podcasting material.
1: (laughs) Yes, I know. There we go. That's it.
2: Okay. It's a gorgeous piece of art. So you have the fairly standard for 40k uh, diorama of our heroes are stood on a mound of presumably corpses or other high ground. Whilst being besieged by, oh, it's orcs this time. You have what looks like an apothecary, probably an Adeptus Mechanicus clone.
1: Uh, I'm going to say a ganger. Um, Someone who's very conveniently shooting his flamethrower through the hole in that person's chest.
2: Um, it them, well, it's a bolt at us, and <laughs> I think it's shooting through them. <laughs> uh, and they have a spiky helmet, so therefore evil. Remember, uh, round helmet's good, spiky helmet's bad. Is that the rule? Oh, absolutely. I think that is either a, That's probably a cycle of a psychic axe, and there's probably some sort of um, rogue trader going on there as well.
1: Well, I guess we better put the link in the show notes so people can see it. But okay. they've described it as um, it's a group of iconic adventurers. Yes. Battling off orcs and chaos cultists in a mission to save the Gilead system.
2: Ah, uh, it's not psychic. It's uh, Audio Malleus. That's a hammer of witches, uh, inquis- Inquisitor who has uh, a thunder hammer to, I don't know, beat yeah. up some orcs. And we then a, we've a, got a Primaris
1: minor, Intercessor,
2: whatever that is, uh, of the Mister—I oh, don't know what an Intercessor is—that's new on me. The mysterious Absolver's chapter fires his bolt rifle
1: point blank into a heretic. We've got a minor dynast of a noble rogue trader house. Yeah, that'd be the chap in the flash coat. Okay, and we have a tech
2: priest. Yes, yeah, kicking around, and that'd be the one over there. Hmm. Uh, the bo- the bony one with the old cogs. That's Dragon Hotel. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Nice cover. I like it. Yeah. Looks strong.
2: Yeah. Definitely.
1: Uh, Did we cover this one? The guy that pirated stuff? Um, DM Clockwork Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got a Patreon. Yes. And for a dollar a month, you can get a whole load of stuff from his. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? That does sound awesome. Great. Sounds like a really generous guy. Well, well, I mean, if
2: I wanted D and D content for a whole dollar a month, I'd probably go and sign for In Five Either yes, or Insider because that's not pirated. That is not <laughs> pirated, and that I, I'm funny that way. I, I actually quite like supporting the creators. Call me old-fashioned, but I don't even make RPGs. People, I I just like RPG makers. Anyway, crack on. Yeah. yeah. So
1: this this guy who's called DM Clockwork Dragon, his real name Sebastian McCoy. Yes. He's running a Patreon account. Yes. And for a, a dollar subscription, you get access to all this material excellent but that access material basically contains a whole bunch of copyrighted material from the dm's guild and wizards of the coast and there's also stuff from kobold press in there as well i think and some other companies
2: okay so dm's guild is the same as drive-through rpg but specifically for fifth edition and well other editions of dungeons and dragons and you can obtain pdfs there so people have this chaps acquired them, and then selling them? Selling all? them, basically, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, not only that, he offers uh, bounties of cash or other rewards to people who contribute to the collection.
2: Right. Anything
1: and, rather than buy directly from the creator, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but it seems like he just doesn't really understand what he's doing wrong. So, um, basically, the sort of hammer came down a bit. Uh, Patreon suspended his account briefly yes. until... I don't think they came down hard enough, but yeah. um, briefly until he removed the copyright material. Right. And um, I'm fairly sure he got a DMCA from Wizards of the Coast. I'm not sure, but I think he did. But um, he he also says that uh, he's under the impression that anything online falls under fair use and Creative Commons licensing. Hmm. Yes, Clockwork Dragon. Yeah, you know that Star Wars Rise of Skywalker trailer that just came out this morning and yeah. is online? Yes, Clockwork Dragon, you now own Star Wars. Well done.
2: Yeah, good work. Of course Very it doesn't. impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? You're saying that if people put stuff on the internet, it doesn't mean that they're saying that you should steal it? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, well, yeah, it's like... I if, you, if, if you want it, you can't play... Uh, I don't know, piracy, cat, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit tricky with the digital stuff, maybe, but not really, mm. I don't know. And this is just like, it's just basically stealing, yeah. and other people are buying it. Yeah.
1: Weird. But if you do want 5B content, yes. on a Patreon, yes. in PDF format, yes. every week, oh. for about a dollar, oh. head on over to n oh, en E-N-5-I-D-E-R.
2: Yes, where you can obtain... Entirely legal,
1: entirely legal, yes.
2: Entirely legal content and support creative types so that they will produce more content. We believe this is described as a win win situation. Got mm. yeah. some sad news. Oh no. Uh, so, uh, oh, yes, yeah.
1: Rick Loomis mm. um, passed away. So, he uh, was diagnosed with cancer earlier this year. Yep. And over the weekend, I think it was late last week. Yeah, uh, he, he passed away. Um, so Rick Lunis, which you'd probably know from Grimtooth's traps or uh, right, uh, the publish- he's, he ran uh, Flying Buffalo Games, which published Tunnels and Trolls. Yes, which was uh, it was a competitor for yeah. the first edition. of Dungeons think, Dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when TSR went out of business in the late nineties, yep, um, flying. Buffalo then officially became the oldest RPG company. Oh, okay. So it goes
2: back that far. That's a, a honoured and venerable
1: institution. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Tunnels and Trolls um, is kind of like a, a lighter, maybe more irreverent take on sort of D and D tropes.
2: Yeah, I think it's in, it's about its uh, seventh edition
1: now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, he was also one of the founding members of Gamma, the game industry managers game. The Game Association, Manufacturers Association? Some, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that. Come on, them people.
2: Yeah. Who have been out in the news for a while now. Yeah. We can come back to that later. Um Yeah. So, yeah, so you
1: know, he's one of the proper stalwarts of the industry. A really, really no. important founding. I'd say a founding member of the actual industry. Would you describe him as a titan of the industry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so. yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah. So, it's just really, really sad that he passed.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I
1: never, I've never met him. Yeah.
2: But, but a fantastic legacy, uh, bringing joy to hundreds, if not thousands of people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, what else? Ooh. Yes? We've got another da- data dump from D&D Beyond. Ooh, exciting. And um, this is talking about... Yes? The most common D&D party composition.
2: Ah, uh, yes, yes,
1: yes. So, we ignore parties of three for now, because I'm... Let's go into parties four, because that's more common, isn't it? Okay, right. yeah. Um, so, I mean... <sighs> Looking at these figures, they're all sort of like point six five percent 0.49%. They're all so close as to be are, almost random, yeah, to be honest.
2: These are less than 1%. Yeah. Um, I like the way that they uh, gathered the information, which was that they checked to see who, which characters' hit points were changing on D&D Beyond. Mm. Because that's a really good way to tell whether someone's... Um, Actually playing. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, um, although mind you I've created characters using D and D beyond I would generally tend to then print out mm. and use a piece of dead tree because well, yeah. I, you know tablets right out of batteries.
1: Um but um yeah so um the the, the top the top um uh, party of four compositions yes. at 065 percent each, there's three yes. rivaling ones. Yes. One is Cleric Fighter Rogue Sorcerer. Yep. One is Cleric Fighter Rogue Wizard, classic. One is Barbarian Druid Rogue Sorcerer. Interesting. So that's the three Top combos. Yeah. Um, so you need, like, a fighting baron. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you, you basically see that it's uh, fighter, wizard, rogue, spell... Uh, no, fighter, so, cleric, rogue, wizard, stroke, sorcerer is pretty much the core. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and cleric slash druid, uh, barbarian slash fighter. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes those are switched out. But, I mean, there's, they've got lists for parties of three, parties of four, parties yeah. of five, going all the way up to parties of seven. I did
2: notice that fighters were very popular in the parties of three, and then and four. But then in five and six, the barbarians became a bit more popular. But it was hard to tell.
1: and um, six fighters still in the top one two. Yeah, top two. And in five, not in the top in number five, but in but the second the second in number five. Yeah, in, in a party of five. Sorry, I'm not even making sense now. Yeah. I'm barely stringing words together. Well, wow, nothing's changed there, I don't Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do a
2: placeholder podcast.
1: But I think what yeah. happens is the larger the group gets, yeah. the more likely, more obscure classes are going to start creeping in. And
2: so if I you start looking differentiation at...
1: Differentiation between your yeah. playing groups. Yeah. If you start looking at um, parties of sort of like 10 or 12, which I imagine are very, very right. rare, but I okay, think that's yeah. when you're going to start seeing things like gun um, gunfighters and the GM's DMs Guild and all that sort of stuff would start Ooh, creeping in. I
2: suppose, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, or just
2: run two different games. Or tell no. someone else you be the GM.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, part, in the parties of four, warlock doesn't feature at all. If you if you look at that. No, no, I can see that. Nowhere at all. You got to the parties of eight, they're all over the place.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially
1: the warlock. Bloodhunters. You know? Oh yeah, a bit of map master in there. Huh? Yeah, so you know, you start you start to get less core Yeah, Yeah.
2: Um how is there a lot of monk going on, I must say.
1: Monk, let's have a look. So in a party of four not, not a single mention of a monk
2: yeah
1: party of five nope party of oh no stop, stop oh no did no, we, we see one. One. Uh, third, fourth. oh there fourth, we go fourth, yes okay yeah. one one yeah. mention of a monk yeah party of six one two mentions of a monk yeah yeah, yeah and and it basically it increases yeah. as the party to grow I mean it depends
2: like your classic party is like you want a divine spellcaster an arcane spellcaster fighting man um rogue to try and Open things like yeah, travel specialists yeah. basically. Yeah.
1: Well, obviously, the original party of four was your fighter, cleric, magic user, and thief. Yes, and largely this kind pretty much still holds out, doesn't it? It's a it's a strong set of tro- strong set of choices. Well, D and D still kind of designed around that assumption. It's mm-hmm. so like when you go into a dungeon in D and D, you're gonna have you know, doors which need a rogue, yes. and you're gonna need healing by the cleric and all this sort of stuff. Absolutely. like Adventures are basically designed around the assumption that that's what you... Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what you're doing. All right, uh, what else have we got? We've got a new Starfinder adventure path. Ooh. It is called Attack of the... Guess what it's the attack of? Um, Attack of the clones. It is not Attack of the Clones. (laughs) It is Attack of the Swarm, which is totally different to clones in every possible way.
2: Yes, they they are in no way
1: uh, numerous and resembling each other. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're insects, I assume. Hi. Yes, the insectile swarm surges. Yeah, the ever ravenous threat. Mm-hmm. They do sound nice, don't they? So this is the first first part of the Attack of the Swarm adventure path. Right, and the first adventure is called Fate of the Fifth. Exciting. Mm-hmm. No, by Patrick Brillon, I see. Yeah, yeah, that does look fun. Hmm. I do like a good swarm. So we, uh, what's it? Um, uh, Starship troopers. Oh yes, yes. Except these appear to be sort of bipedal, laser gun wielding. N6 rather than yeah, as opposed to like more swarmy types. But yeah. yeah, why not? I'm sticking with Peizo Take me down this to
2: Clandafu City, where the tunnels are tight as the eggling things are sticky. Take me down to Glendafu City, where the tunnels are tight and the eggling things are sticky. <laughs> are things are sticky. Mm-hmm. Ooh, won't you take me away? Yeah. <laughs> Finished.
1: <laughs> second verse. <laughs> <That> was first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry that's What were saying? Right. Uh, well, uh, listen, Pathfinder Second Edition Errata. Ooh. So the Pathfinder two developers took to Twitch. Yes. As they as they do, where they confirmed some errata for the core rules. Ah. Um, not a lot. Just a little bit. Okay. Do they have six, Do they have ten pages? Uh, no. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven items. Oh, okay. Well, so far Anyway.
2: C- c- considering people keep on telling me about how big the Pathfinder 2nd edition rulebook is, like I haven't seen it, mm. I'm like, yes, I'm aware it is a large book. It's full of interesting details. So, in that detailed, incredibly detailed book, there were, what, eight, Do we say? Not so
1: far. Yeah. But they, they are. I'll, I'll whip through them really quick. Yes. Um, so, humans are supposed to have one more language. Right. Proficiency in simple weapons is also what your proficiency in unarmed should be, including a wizard. Yes. Uh, key spells cue off Wisdom for the Monk. Okay. Uh, sorcerers missing a 17th level class feature. Yes. Uh, wizards don't get a first level class feat by default. That was a mistake. Ah. Uh, the adventurous pack, yes. pack is only one bulk. Right. And Heroic Recovery takes you to zero hit points, not one. Good to know. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's, oh. that's, the, that's the Pathfinder 2 Aratus so far. Okay. Um, also sticking with Pathfinder 2. Yes. If you head on over to Trailseeker... Ooh. Which is also on Patreon and is also non-pirated. It's also it's also one of your companies. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is a new adventure. Yes, and it is called yes Stranded on Faraway Island. Ooh. And there's also a new ancestry, the Grunk. The Grunk. Yes, which okay. is a kind of fungal creature. Okay, so if you want if you want to be a guy to be with, that's one for you. <laughs> yeah. Hey! oh you're on form <laughs> today <laughs> um, yeah that's for patreon.com forward slash trail seeker. how exciting we are whipping through this pretty quick aren't we yeah that's exciting news and you've got a barbecue to uh, get to uh, <laughs> just,
2: I've got a barbecue to get to that's true but I'm also excited um, Shadowrun's sixth world core rule book is finally out uh, that would be today 26 today yes. yes in
1: pdf format only
2: yes Daryl try and contain yourself and your excitement
1: Uh, He's already started work on his review of it. Fantastic. Um, Apparently, he's got something like 6,000 words of his review already or something, and that's only the notes. So, I think his review is going to be actually longer than the book.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully, it'll be longer than the (laughs) errata.
1: Well, that that 10 pages of (laughs) errata has been folded into the actual release. Marvellous, marvellous. So, this should, in theory, be an errata or a near errata-free release.
2: Okay. I think how valuable the first edition copies will be that were released, the sixth edition, the first run of the 6th edition copies that were released at Gen Con will be. It'll be like the Penny Black where Mm. it had like an upside down painted plane. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be like, spot the deliberate mistake. (laughs) There you go.
0: Hello, your editor Dale here with a quick update. After the show is recorded, Catalyst announced details for the print release. The hardcover rulebook will be $49.99 with a limited edition alternate cover for $99.99 and a special executive edition for $199.99. However, I have confirmed with line editor Jason Hardy that the print versions for the first printing will not include the errata the errata is included in the PDF version only. It appears that the GenCon Con print run and the mass market release print run were in fact the same print run, just Catalyst had some of the books air shipped in specifically for Gen Con. It's unknown yet when any future printings will happen that will be able to include the new errata. Yeah. I'm being
1: positive, leave me alone. Well, uh, Daira will be coming on the podcast next week to talk all about Shadowrun. Huzzah! That'll be exciting. That will be exciting. It will be exciting. Yeah. I suppose we should probably get a copy of it. We probably should. Yeah, Uh, Jim Ward, yes, has uh, written another column. Oh, he's talking about the origins of Monty Hall. Ah, you're familiar with the term Monty Hall games? I am. Yes. Yeah. Um, Basically, uh, how it was coined by Gary Gygax when Jim Ward himself, he apparently really enjoyed giving out treasure. He really liked seeing the expressions on people's faces. When yeah. he gave out lots of treasure, so he just kept giving out lots of treasure. It, and he figured, well, it doesn't really matter. If they get more powerful, I'll just make the challenges I'll, more powerful. I'll make the monsters bigger. Yeah. <laughs> I can handle it. I have an infinite number of
2: ancient red dragons in my back
1: pocket. Yes. What uh, you going to do? Gary Gygax uh, coined the term. It's a, it's a, a Price is Right, Monty Hall-style DM, is what he called, called him.
2: That sounds very complimentary. I'm yeah. sure that's how he meant it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Um of you did. Go on. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games have announced a new source book and adventure for Legend of the Five Rings. Ooh. Uh, the uh, source book is called Path of Waves. Mm-hmm. And the adventure is called Sins of Regret. So 2019 is the year that all the aquatic source books were released? Hmm. Well Path of Waves focuses on Ronin, which are, you know, like Masterless Samurai. Yes. Commoners and Gaijin, foreigners. Yes. And Sins of Regret ties into the new source book. Um, Let's have a look. Uh, The village of Twin Blessings has ironically fallen on hard times due to an imbalance of elements and seek an intermediary to voice their concerns to Lord of in the closed-shell castle.
2: Oh, I can see the fong tree upset going in and going, Mm. Oh, mate, you've got unbalanced elements. It's going to cost you.
1: Yeah. that's about it that's it for the news Hello. we've done the news we whipped through the what? news in record time I'm really impressed with how quickly we whipped the news
2: so it turns out that when I'm in some way focused and motivated then I can actually talk quite quickly and relevantly about things like news
1: huh. who knew okay it's time for our awesome sandbox cross with player narrative campaign so in this campaign you'll be free to go where you want do what you want and much of the narrative is in your hands. But beware, if you stumble into areas too dangerous for you, on your own head be it. Ah, oh, fantastic.
2: My last DM was a bit too railroady for my tastes. Okay, I'm ready. I'm excited to explore this vast, open world. Right,
1: let's begin. Right, what do you
2: want to do? Uh, well, where am I? Uh, where do you want to be?
1: Is there a big city? Uh, yep, if you want one. What would you like it to be called?
2: You want me to name it? Okay, okay. Uh, it's called Alabantoria, The Shining City on the Hill.
1: Flashy and excellent choice. Okay, can I be there then? Yeah, sure, sure. In my sandbox campaign, I don't prescribe any course of action for you. Oh, sweet, sweet. Um, so, what now? Well, what do you want to do? Um, I don't know. Uh, what can I see? Oh, well, you know, city stuff, shops, roads, people, that sort of thing. All all right. right. Uh, I'll go into shop. What sort of shop is it? Um, I would not deign to dictate such a thing. You tell me. I'm big on player narrative, you know. Oh, mm, I'm beginning to see that. Uh, fine. It's a general store for adventurers. And what's it called? Uh, general store? Huh. Well,
2: if you insist. You know, I'm not 100% sure you've got the hang of this player narrative sandbox stuff.
1: Do not fear. I know exactly what I'm doing. Now... What do you want to do in the uh, general uh, store? I'd like to buy some adventuring provisions. Very well. What would you like to buy? Well,
2: what's available. Well, what's available? That's what I said. That's what you said. What? Oh, I'm so confused. It's up to you what's in here. Seriously? Okay, I'm getting the picture. So I, the player, I'm in command of the narrative, right? Right. Right. That's what I said. Okay, in that case, I'll take a plus 19 Holy Avenger, Iron Man suit and a Batman bill.
1: Um... That's not really very genre-appropriate, and that lot would cost you millions. They're having
2: a sale. Okay. In my new kit, I'm going to drive out to the nearest goblin cave.
1: This isn't going quite how I planned it. Planned it? I thought you said this was a sandbox, player-driven campaign. Yeah, but that's not quite what I meant. Look,
2: are you committed to this concept or not? I guess. Good. In that case, you go make the tea. You're not really needed here.
1: I'll carry on with the adventure. Fine. You have hoisted me by my own petard, sir. I see the error of my ways now. Uh, um, how would you like your tea? You tell me.
2: How do I like my tea? What? What? That's what I said. It's up to you. How do I like my tea?
1: This is getting too self-referential, even for me. Who wrote this sketch, anyway? Who
2: would you want to have written this sketch?
1: Whoever it was, they really didn't understand the basic concepts of sandbox campaigns or player-narrative-driven systems, did they? Evidently. Shall we just play a Railroad campaign? Seems less confusing. I think that's wise. Okay, are you comfortable? I have this 900-page manuscript which describes everything that happens to your character. At the end, you'll be 20th level.
2: Ugh, whoever wrote this sketch should be fired. Out of a cannon.
1: Hello, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash... Morris. Yes. M-O-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys yes. us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires. So many wires. And all these wires. And we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers yes. get bonus content every single week just as a thank you for uh, for backing our patreon
2: and because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark they also get to like talk to us in our discord channel which is pretty good mm. and sometimes even deign to answer that uh, but even more importantly when we have guests coming onto the show they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests mm. um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we our guests will answer
1: so, please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps.
0: Okay. Okay. So, the, uh, here we
1: go. Oh. the traditional and ceremonial... Weighing of the book. We have both the Pathfinder core rulebook and we have got the Pathfinder vestry. Which one do you want to weigh first?
2: I think we should do the core rulebook
1: first. It looks amazing. Okay. All right, nice. then. It's a tome. I have it. It's so heavy. All right. We'll, we'll get the crane over here. All right. That's it, it. That's uh, it. Do, yeah. we, do, we, do we do it in grams? We do it in grams, don't we? We do it in grams. Okay. We're we weighing true. the book. Weighing of the book. Whoa. Wow. 2.052 kilograms. Wow. Yep. That's pretty heavy. And how do we switch that to pounds? In pounds, that's four pounds. And... Stop poking the thing. Oh, thank you. Four pounds. That's what she said. Eight
2: ounces. Well, <laughs> four pounds, eight and three eighths ounces. Yes. There you go.
1: But, I mean, that's nearly a five-pound book there. Yep. That weighs more than a battle axe. Does it? <laughs> I'm sure I saw somewhere a battle axe that was four pounds. I can't remember what game it was in. Was oh, okay.
2: it D&D. Well, to be fair, that weighs nearly as much as many of the light melee weapons. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, the Pathfinder Core rulebook. We're saying it's going all the way up from D4 damage to D6 damage Definitely on weight alone. Down. Okay, bestry. I'll let you do the bestry best tree. Tree, then. Okay, well, yeah. Oh, uh, what's into it to do? Give it a poke. Mm-hmm. Let's try and zero the scales again. Bonk. Bonk. Okay, so zeroing scales. There we go. There we go. So we've got in grams first. Pathfinder vestry ways. Ooh, a stonking 1.24 uh, kilograms. That's nearly 1.1 1. One and a quarter kilos. It's wow. very impressive.
1: And in pounds.
2: Uh ooh, rocking in at 2 pounds eleven and seven eighths ounces. Wow.
1: Well there we go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now, any variations are entirely due to What about
1: what so so those people yes. that will rec- that want the whole Pathfinder oh. set? yes together this is where we find that together they don't weigh the same as the two numbers <laughs> yeah so, so together it's still got one kilogram so yeah there we go so 3.2 basically 3.3 kilograms shy two grams yeah and
2: it's pretty good and then um seven pounds four and a
1: quarter ounces wow that's pretty heavy that is pretty heavy yeah imagine lugging that to your gaming group God, a few, and that's not counting any adventure parts or dice or screens. Oh, or...
2: yeah, all oh, that's just going way, mm. oh, way up here.
1: You get fit. Yeah, well, or oh, you get back problems. One of the two. But, why both? <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> that's what Zoidberg says. Woo! Yeah. Right. Yes. Should we have a look at this bestiary then? Oh, go on. I reckon? think it's, I think it's best if we do. All right. then. <laughs> so, Pathfinder Bestry. Yes. So.
2: It's, it's, it's a lovely book. And I mean, they've really been uh bringing out the uh things i like the side bits where it's largely in alphabetical order and they have the same similar sort of on there. What, what do you call this bit here russ it's i'm
1: not side right side nav i don't know yeah
2: it's like got a, a navigation bar on the side which lets lets you see uh roughly which part of the book you're in a to c and so forth And when you look at it from the side on you can actually see where those parts are which lets you zoom straight to from ape to wendigo mm. in one easy swift movement.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it, I know a lot of people sort of like bring out this whole uh, Pathfinder's copying X or Y or Z. Yeah. Um, and the, two of the things that they do tend to trot out, and I don't think it is copying either of these things, is 5E and 4E yeah. for different reasons. Yeah. But I think if it were to have things in common with 4E, yeah. I think this best tree is... Probably the uh, where you'd probably you know where you probably find hints of that, uh, which I think is a good thing because I think one of the things four E did really really well was mm-hmm. its monster design.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I hear it was. It, I never actually got to run four E, but I hear it's very easy to create uh, encounters that way.
1: Yeah. Although one thing that was really good about a four E monster was not only was everything quite interesting and varied, and it was exception based, yes, um, but everything you needed was on the page yes. in the stat block, yeah. Uh, so if you open this up and you pick up a... I'm just picking up a random monster here. So this is a, a stone mauler. A stone mauler. A stone Ooh. mauler. Totally okay. randomly. Yeah. Um, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of sort of keywords and there's going to be a whole bunch of various bits and pieces that you're going to have to refer elsewhere for.
0: Uh,
2: well, yes, but I don't know. It's got... It, 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 but it is there, though. Probably the main thing would be uh, Earthglide. Earthglide. Uh, it refers you to the Sodhound, which is just across the way let lets you burrow through any other matter,
1: including rock.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, for, for example, they got here like in the lich, a frightful presence, aura, emotion, fear, mental. I exactly. mean, those keywords all mean something, but you have to oh, uh, okay. hit points, 190, negative healing, rejuvenation. You know, all these things you have to you have to refer elsewhere to know exactly what they mean. Well, well those are in the main game itself for the keywords. Yeah, sure. No, I understand. You they. they of somewhere that you can look up. I'm just saying that you do have to. Do yeah.
2: Um, and if I can borrow it, because I was having a look through copy acquired for. So, if I'm correct, and hopefully I am. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. Let's just pass zombies. F is for frightful presence. It has like a little thing at the back. Creature that first sentence, you are must attempt yeah, to save. Yeah,
1: yeah, My point was like then 4 we everything would be in that stuff.
2: Oh yes, yes, yes.
1: So you don't have to cross refer to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only a little yeah. thing, but yeah. it just saves you know it saves a little bit of time but other than that um i mean that is basically my only really big criticism of um pathfinder 2e at all and i said that before with the yeah. core rule book there's lots oh. of keywords and stuff that you have so to, many keywords yeah but other, other than that other yep. than that let's just move on from the from the, from the keyword focused yeah. um section of the podcast shall we do a blistering section of facts Yes? Let's do some facts. Let's do some facts about the Pathfinder Bestry. Yes. Uh,
2: well, in the Bestry, it has 414 entries. Wow. So uh, how much does each one weigh? Uh, I didn't... <laughs> in, well, I think in the case of a cave troll, it's like um, £4,000. It <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, but of this, that you've got things like, say, 30 dragons with the 12 related drakes. Um, uh, and the creatures go from... 14 negative ones all the way up to 125, but there's no 22, 23, or 24. Yes, yeah, I know it's that places. too. Yeah, there are uh, 18 types of creature, including animals, beasts, astral, celestial, fungus, and plant. With uh, something like 30 aberrations, 32 undead, but there's only one astral and one ethereal creature. Uh, there's three fungi, 11 plants, and four oozes. Hmm. <laughs> um, there are 12 celestials and nine what they call martyrs which upon further investigation were Aeons, or Aeons, mm-hmm. uh, which appear to be beings from, I guess, a plane involving lore. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I'll be honest, I did read lots of the words and was confused by them. Yeah. Um, looking back to the core rulebook, when you are constructing an encounter, you have four levels below and four levels above, and the system's supposed to be designed for that. The widest range of possible encounters, I reckon, was at level 3. Minus one to seven, which gives you 265 possible monsters you could fight.
1: Ooh, at once? Uh,
2: that would probably go above the uh, severe, to uh... So maybe the extreme, uh, <laughs> XP budgeting. What you would probably fight has a party of four characters for moderate difficulty, is, say, eight goblin warriors, or eight animated brooms.
1: Eight animated brooms.
2: Yes, these being uh, minus one creatures. So, you know, uh, you're replaying Fantasia. Mickey would need at least three mates to be able to <laughs> fight all those dudes. Jerry
1: so yeah. Harry Potter gone mad.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's like
1: the worst Quidditch match ever.
2: Yeah, whereas a moderate encounter for four level 15 party is uh, eight cloud giants or stone columns. Mm. So it's like, you know, that's two each. And of course, if you're at level 20, four ancient black dragons are, and I quote, a trivial threat for characters. They essentially have no chance of losing. That's, wow. That That's what it says in the rule book. I don't know. That's it. One ancient black dragon per person. Even at level twenty, seems like a big fight, but you know what? You'd require two black dragons each to be a challenge, and when you get to three, then you know it's like there you are. You burst them with your like three mates. You're uh... all right. So rogue, you've got three dudes. I'm a fighter. I've got three of them. Wizard, you got another three. Cleric, you got another three. And uh, yeah, there you go. That that would be uh, that would be a moderate fight where we probably shouldn't lose if we play our resources. I would carefully. hate to
1: go into that dungeon room with with. Twelve <laughs> ancient, ancient black, black dragons. dragons
2: yeah, you're, you're probably going to like the plane of ancient black dragon at this point. Like this is this is the this is your mosh before you go and meet Tiamat and say, hey Tiamat, what are you doing here? Uh, you don't belong in Galarian, You belong in Feyruum.
1: Hmm.
2: Any more, any more of,
1: stats for us? Uh,
2: but a level three party would have to defeat about a hundred goblins, which at around about eight per encounter is approximately thirteen ba- battles. Which is at moderate difficulty, so they could also fight 13 battles with single trolls for the same effect. Um, a level 15 party is looking for about 100 of those stone columns or 13 ancient green dragons. Blimey. Yeah, so there you go. Um, that, that's, that's just using a mm-hmm. thing. Uh, oh, humanoids. They range from levels minus 1 to 7. Which is all the way from goblin to a medusa. Animals on their hand, range from minus 1 to 15. The largest animal being a CR 15 azure worm. The more familiar purple worm, uh, only clocking at CR 13.
1: I've got some big stats and stuff as well. Oh yeah, yeah. That's more. Okay, so that's about the best of the bestery. Well, um, the original Pathfinder had five besteries. Wow, um, that's a lot of bestries. If you estimate about 300 monsters in each, okay, and that's about 1500 monsters, okay, and that's not counting ones that aren't in the bestries because yep. they have them in their adventure paths and they have them right. So, I reckon there's probably a good like two and a half thousand, um, Ooh. maybe even three thousand Pathfinder Ooh. one monsters. That 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 is a lot of gribbling. You could probably look that up somewhere online, but that's a complete guess, but that's what I think it would be. Interestingly, yeah. this one has how many? Did you say? Ah, uh, four hundred and fourteen. So out of that sort of three thousand odd, this yeah. is the four hundred and fourteen yes. that they've selected because it's not yeah. a, it's not just like a reprint of the Pathfinder One Bestiary. Exactly. It's got different monsters in it. Yes. So they've selected the ones over a ten year period which are basically the most representative of Pathfinder for them.
2: Or the ones that I think will be most useful. Yeah. 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 So uh, so they've gone for about uh,
1: just another twenty five percent. You yeah. notice the Tarask is not in there. Uh, indeed. Why not? Well, I don't know why, but it's not. Oh. No. Uh what do you have instead? Um the well the most challenging thing is the tree razor, but let's get onto that in a sec. Okay, yeah. Because um, um I wanna notice that um a lot of creatures have their names now changed. Oh yes, yeah. Yes. Which I thought was interesting. Like so the Sahuagin, Yes. Um they're now called the sea devils. That does make them easy to pronounce. Very um very Doctor Who that. Yes. I wonder if Eric Mona had anything to do with that, because I know he's uh-huh. a big, big Doctor Who fan. Um, they still mention Sahuagin in the, sw- in the fluff text. Okay. So it's not like the names are gone, yep. but they've been sort of deprioritised, and they sort of say they co- they're they technically called the S- Sahuagin, but they're referred to as Sea Devils.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's going to be much easier to pronounce Sea Devils.
1: Yeah. Um, so Aboleths, uh, they're yes. now Al-Golfu Masters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Al-Golfu.
2: Uh, I was thinking... When I first saw that, that it'd be some sort of undead because uh, the Arabic word for ghoul is algol, and um, the uh, I was thinking it's some portmanteau of algol and Cthulhu, uh for algolfu, but no, apparently it's never left, but yeah, it's not entirely wrong. Yeah.
1: Well, they've got the algolfu as a whole category of um, basically sea creatures. They do, uh, they, uh, they're proper, like deep sea, like. Lurking things. things, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tree ants, tree which were once called ants, yes. Then became tree ants, yes. Are now called arboreal.s Ah, uh, yes. Um, and this is this is a, a theme that goes on quite a bit. I won't list them all, but I reckon mm-hmm. there's a there's a quite a smattering of monsters in there that yep. have basically had their names changed. Okay. Don't know why. I think my my suspicion is they're trying to like steer a little bit away from the sort of typical D D names and yes. they'll try and start making their own brand. Ooh. a bit,
0: I think. Excellent. That would be my
1: guess. Yeah. Who knows? Um no no bear owl though, it's an owl bear. They, uh, should have, they should have taken that opportunity to rename it the Bear Owl. Perhaps they can't uh best change its name. Like all the cool kids do. Yeah.
2: <laughs> perhaps for changing his name gave them a pause. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> <laughs> sorry these jokes are just going to get Urser and i
1: yeah um, so okay so what I thought if we this is kind of the best of the bestery Uh-hey. but when I say best I don't mean best as in I mean best as in best in class okay yes best in class so so it's basically
2: crafts, but for more arguable things
1: yes yeah. So, um, we'll start yes. with, the, with, with the obvious and easiest one to look up and decide. Yes, yes. Because um, there's no debate over this one. It's just, what's the most challenging creature? Oh, yes, most yes. challenging is... Yes. And we know that. The Tree Razor. The Tree Razor. At CR 25. They don't call it CR anymore. Level okay. 25. Yes, creature 25, maybe. Yep. Um, that's four higher than the next lowest, which... Because you get around about 20, you get yes. your Pit Fiends, your baylors, you get your yep. Ancient Red and Gold Dragons. Yep. They're all in a sort of 19, 20, 21 kind of yep. area. And then there's a gap. Yes. And then you've got Tree Razor, up at yes. 25, by far oh, wow. the most powerful monster in this in this cre- in this yep. in this book. Well, I mean, it might be slight spoilers, but it's going to be a while before
2: we get there. Just to say that Tree Razor is absolutely massive, gets their own um, page. There appears to be some sort of, what's that, it's a dragon, a fiend... It's a fiendish dragon, it's like it's big, it's really big. How big is this? It's
1: the huge. Uh, what it, a powerful demon. Yes. What's it say? I can't read that from here. Uh, Tree
2: Razor, uh, self-styled lord of the blasted tarn, is a powerful demon on the cusp of ascending to the true power, one of the rulers of the abyss itself, a demon lord. For now, even to the nascent demon lord, Tree Razor is a dangerous foe.
1: So this is an individual creature, it's yes. not a uh, type. No, no, it's true. And it says it's below demon lords, and they haven't got any demon lords in here.
2: Okay. Legendary. CR 30 awaits. Yeah,
1: basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So the highest demons and devils and stuff, they, it goes to like the Pit of Fiends in your Baelors. Yep. We've- I will say this chap's got a stat block which takes
2: up uh, most of a page, and his weapon has its own stat block.
1: Uh, we have most complex creature oh. later in the... I have I have some I have I I have a little list of a few people few creatures which are in competition for that title. Oh, nice! Um, We'll we'll get to that
2: in a sec. Can I put one in for most misleading picture? Sure. Most misleading picture. The award goes to Uh, the Velociraptor. The description of it says it's one and a half foot tall and seven foot long. Uh, I'm definitely having a look at said Velociraptor. It looks like a perfectly jolly little murder chicken. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. or vampire. Page ninety six. Page ninety six. Oh, because so it's a dinosaur. Yes. Yeah, you do have to check
1: the index. To do find you wonder it. why I just, why I knew that offhand? is that? Because Velociraptor wins another award in ah. it, and I've got it noted. Oh, fantastic! So, so There he is. Oh, look at it, little papa yeah. chicken. So I'll, I'll say he's also one yes. cutest.
2: He's cutest. He's
1: yes. definitely the cutest monster in this book. Yes, creature one.
2: Um, I think you should make sure all your all your velociraptors are canonically purple and like to hide from the party. Make little chirping. So he's
1: chicken sized. He's yes. multicolored with stripes
2: and feathers. When he's small. He's one and a half foot. Oh, well, he looks like he should be a chicken size. He look like you should be able to. You know, if you're very brave or wearing full plate armor, be able to pick him up and give him a little I want one. Maybe give his little tummy a rub. Oh, yeah. look like him. But no, it's one and a half foot tall, which is a good 18 inches,
1: and seven foot long, of which I can that's only the see... Tail. Yeah. Well, you can't see it. It goes off the page. The, so the it the comes ta- out to here. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's like... That's a ridiculous tail.
1: I don't know. Maybe oh, don't it's a you, Velociraptor, with your ridiculous tail. I mock you. I take back your reward for cutest. Uh,
2: you can't. Look at his little face. <laughs> yeah. <Anyway. laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> this it's deceptive a deceptive tale.
2: It's a feathery, feathery little velociraptor we've got there. Okay.
1: Would you like to see the silliest monster?
2: I'd love to see the silliest monster.
1: Uh, it's on page 16. It's called the Cassisian.
2: That's a helmet with wings.
1: It is a helmet with... And we're not just talking like little sort of Viking helmet wings. No, no. We're talking full-fledged, giant, flapping, feathered wings. It's
2: like, it's like a winged helmet, guys. Oh, this
1: helmet fl- flaps around. <laughs>
2: so so imagine, like, an angel's wings, but instead of being on the back of someone, it's, like, coming out of where the ears should be, and you've got vaguely going, OK, that's that's pretty stupid. <laughs> i got to say.
1: That's the silliest monster, with animated broom coming up as a runner-up.
2: Oh, well, let's not forget they can change shape as well into a dog, or maybe even a fish. Mm-hmm. So what's that to do so it can land... Change into a haddock so you can slap your players with it? I, I, I just don't know. Anyway,
1: anyway, next category. Yes? Most likely to cause double vision. Oh, yes. What's that one? This is on page 10. It's the Pleroma.
2: The Pleroma. Bless mm. you. <laughs> pleroma, there is. pleroma.
1: Oh, yeah. Look yeah. at him. You look at him and you can basically see the entire universe.
2: Oh, well, I, I don't know. That's, that's clearly coded as a feminine figure, if you ask me. But, yes, um, that's one of these Aeons that we talked about earlier, which is basically, yeah. Wow. Okay, so... They're wearing a cloak, and on the inside of the cloak is a Nebula on Starfield. Mm. Yeah. that's
1: also a hell of a stat block as well.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, it, it is. A, it is a level twenty. It's creature twenty. It's a very so powerful
1: creature. Yeah.
2: And that, that's 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 taking up some uh, quite quite some space. Um. Oh, I had one for the silliest name. Mhm. I was tied on this one.
1: Okay.
2: It was either the Galbrizu or the Gibi, or the gazebo, as I like to call it. The Galbrizu. Yeah. Yeah. Or the Dinosuckus. Or the what? The di- you heard me. The Dinosuckus.
1: Dinosuckus?
2: Yeah, the Dinosuckus. It's,
1: it's basically... Dinosuckus! No. no, don't! <laughs> it, yeah.
2: Let me show you a picture, my friend. So basically, you've got a crocodile, and then you have the Dinosuckus, which is basically a primeval relative of the crocodile. Hmm. Yeah, It catches and eats dinosaurs and players that wander too close. Hmm. Creature 9, it's um, yeah, pretty big. Aquatic Ambush, it will leap out 50 foot... Um, using its 15-foot reach, and uh, give you good biting. Okay. Yeah. Swallow whole means that anything that's smaller than a horse will get um, chomped down, receive 2d8 plus 7 bludgeoning per turn, and will need to do 18 in a single attack using only light weapons to get out. Nasty. Yeah. Don't get eaten by one of them. That's what I'm saying.
1: Okay. Yes. Most like King Kong. Um, is it the ape? It's the mega Primus on page 23. Ah, the mega primus on page 23? Yes, the giant, giant ape.
2: Okay, let's have a quick look. See I don't think
1: there's any other contender for uh, for this award. Yeah. He is definitely, definitely the most like King Kong. I don't think you can argue with that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Giganto P- Now that's different one. this oh, no. great Megaprimus. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, I see. Ooh,
2: ah, ah. Oh, I see. So... Oh, and then what I quite like is it gives you the stats for a gorilla. And then you can also get things like, um, if you don't like your gorilla, you think gorilla's a bit weak, then you can have a, a gigantic epithcurs, which are basically bigger gorillas, mm. level 4, with stats roughly yeah. akin. So they've got with... all
1: these random sidebars. Yes. And some of them are sort of like little mechanic changes. Some of yes. them are fluff, text. Yes. Um, all, there's different types of ones. Yes. Some of them are just additional information. Some yeah. of them are um, referring to other creatures and things like that. So that I, I do find quite cool. Yeah. These little sidebars that are just sprinkled throughout the book with sort of extra information.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, and the Mega Prometheus is 40 foot, carrying over most giants, as used to being the top tier predator in the region. Hmm. Yeah. Size gargantuan. Yeah. Gargantuan. Yeah.
1: All right. My next one. Yes. Might be disputed. Almost certainly. It's most boosted from Pathfinder 1. Okay. So what's So... That? The banshee on page thirty-four. Okay. Think about D and D. How powerful is a banshee in D and D? Um,
2: quite good. If you fail the Constitution save, you drop zero hit points when it's. Really oh, I mean, s- what's what sort of challenge? Oh, uh, four something. Right. Like that. Now look at this this one. Oh, okay. Seventeen. Yes. Creature seventeen. It's
1: super powerful. Yeah, the banshee came to wreck your brain. All. Well, oh, that's about it, really. It used to be like 13 or 14 in Pathfinder 1. Right. It was still quite... It was still very powerful. Yeah, much more powerful three. than a and yeah. d one, but it's still... Yeah, this one's like, wow, okay. Uh,
2: what makes it... Oh, okay. So, terrifying touch. You must attempt a DC38 will say I only have a terrifying touch. dc forty. No! <laughs> Back! do touch me, I'm very important. <laughs> DC43, if the attack was a critical, which means it succeeds by 10 or more. Mm-hmm. Uh if creature fails it saved its frightened two and uh Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, here we are whale. Uh the soul chilling whale the Banshee DC thirty eight. Overcoming
1: silence. So if the Banshee's wow. got a whale. Yes. So the Banshees live in the water, do they?
2: Uh that's the only possible conclusion. Either that or <laughs> um just air. Do country. they ride do
1: they ride this whale?
2: Uh, yes, I believe the what they do is they summon the whale, it appears above you and then lands
1: on you. Uh, you that would ruin your day. That would ruin your day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah no wonder it's a CR17 creature. <laughs> I get it now.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no yeah. yeah, i dropping a blue whale on you. Oh, as long as it's not dropping a biomile on you, eh? mm. yeah, which is just on the opposite page, mm. it's like, what's that, a two headed murder turtle? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Two headed <laughs> <Two-headed> gargantuan <laughs> murder turtle. They should have
1: called it the two headed murder turtle. It's a much better <laughs> 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 all right ugliest creature ugliest creature oh right ugliest. this this one can be disputed because yes. there's a lot of demons and stuff in there which are ugly as hell. and there's yes. a lot of like gibbering mouths and slimes and oozes yes but yes i went for the cockatrice on page 66 page 66 oh yeah oh dear he's quite ugly isn't he <laughs> oh dear
2: he um how best to describe this so you basically got like a cockerel that you cross with a turkey and you uh, gave it the beak of a toucan, but you he decided, hey, you know what? This toucan needs these little needs,
1: dragon wings there,
2: these teeth. I and mean, it's got but like it's, sort it's the face that's really ugly, though. It's just oh, it's like wrinkly and nasty. It's got bat wings, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's um, no doubt that what you've got going on there is, uh, yeah, pretty awkward. Although, if you have a sufficiently large bag of weasels and ferrets. Uh, you can first at the cockatrice and uh, terrify it and get it. T- t- so
1: why, why I went for that one is because while there are other more disgusting-looking creatures and stuff, yeah. they're all kind of just more monstrous. Whereas yeah. that one, I just think doesn't look monstrous; it just looks ugly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it just
1: looks like a really, really, really ugly chicken. <laughs> whereas like some kind of gibbering mouther or something like that, it's like yeah, well, it's just a yeah, yeah.
2: There we stand, really. Yeah, um, I thought the best call on art design went to the drow. Okay. Ooh, yes, they're lavender skins with white hair.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. It's interesting because yeah. the drow in mm-hmm. Pathfinder, obviously, drow came from D&D. Yes. And they're very, very strongly associated with D&D. Yes. So, Pathfinder's had to put its own mark on it a bit. Yes. I mean, the lavender skin aside, that's yes. just, a, I think, a good choice Cosmary. to make. Yeah. But they've had to change the backstory a little bit, too. Oh. So, they don't put, you know, they can't use lols. Good. Um, so, uh, apparently, each drow house... Yes. And worships a different demon lord. Uh, okay.
2: Well, that gives them some variety.
1: It's still a matriarchal, generally matriarchal society. It's not that different. And oh, they still okay. have the dry and that sort of stuff. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not it's a complete rewrite. But mm-hmm. they've, they've kind of divorced it a bit from the, from the D&D. I don't know how far back into Pathfinder lore this goes. Oh, If we picked up a Pathfinder one vestry, would it say the same? I don't know. Perhaps one of our amazing listeners will be able to tell us.
2: Because yeah. we know nothing. Someone tweet at me. Or, yeah. or not. One of those two things. Yeah. At morris. Yeah. You could do that. Or you could get, come onto the Discord channel. Or that? Yeah. Um, it's in the podcast channel. Yeah. So, yeah. Or you could even join the Facebook group. And say so lovely things to us there. Right.
1: Scariest monster. Oh. So one I've one got one. given categories for scariest and creepiest. I'm Interesting. For, Interesting. Just yeah. because I felt they were slightly different. Yeah. So for scariest, page yes. 197, the Grim Reaper. The Grim, Grim. Reaper. So let's have a quick look at the Grim Reaper. He's Reapers, nasty. Put one piece. This guy, if he kills you... You can't come back. No resurrection. None of that stuff. Oh. It's permanent. He's CR21. Yeah. And basically, if you meet him, you are toast.
2: Yeah. Um, Oh. Final death. A creature killed by the Grim Reaper can't be brought back to life by any means short of divine intervention. No. He is
1: pretty, pretty hardcore. Yeah, I mean, you might have more of the lesser deaths. I like zoom. What's a, a lesser death? It's just like, like it, a snooze or something.
2: Like. No, it's like a rat with a scythe. <laughs> <laughs> a squeak.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, that's going back a bit. I
2: haven't read that in years. Yeah, um, ooh, and that, I think, does not kill you uh, just by giving you a look. Although it is quite fast and quite scary. Mm. So. Yeah, uh, so basically they are much the same as the Grim Reaper, but smaller. So, great way to uh, worry players who've been looking at Pathfinder Bestry. Mm. Uh, no. next?
1: Creepiest. Creepiest? I've got two. <sighs> Couldn't choose between these two. Okay. So, number one. Yes. Page 273, the Quellant. 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 Okay, is this like um, an Ent, but for Quail Eggs? No. Ew. It's quite oh. a creepy little thing, isn't it? Uh. Well, big thing. Uh, how big is it? It's large. So yeah. it's got three legs. Yes. It's like grey and featureless with a f- blank
2: face. It does have trifold. It has a certain amount of trifold symmetry, but it's got a um, humanoid
1: body with a blanked out face. Mm. And it's it's like totally uh, smooth and grey. And it's got three-toed tripod feet. Pretty no. creepy. Yes.
2: Uh, the only known autopsy of account resulted in the researcher's suicide just days afterwards. All notes were mysteriously destroyed. So it's basically, if you want to play a secure containment protocol, this is your go-to mm. Yeah, CR 15.
1: Yeah.
2: Feeds an emotion. Well, Sparsal well, I'll, let you, I'll
1: make, let you make the call, cool which is creepy, yeah? Okay, that's yeah. very creepy. It's, it's page, page 183, the Gogeteth. 183, the Gogeteth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: that's
1: horrible, isn't it?
2: That's pretty grim. What is like that? It sort of looks like a peacock and a spider... Had some sort of terrible, terrible baby.
1: What does it say? It says teeth, eyes, and hairy spider like legs. It's got lots and lots and lots of spider- eyes all over it. Yeah, and quite human teeth,
2: which is an interesting choice. Gross. Yeah. They haunt the lowest reaches of the Darklands. Oh, perfect holiday destination. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're rarely seen alone. Uh, so there you go. Cogateffs like friends. They make a clacking sound as they move about. Their joints and their main legs pop and crack with each movement. Time. That's something that we can relate to, isn't it, Russ? <laughs> <laughs> Joints popping and cracking with every movement. <laughs> a few more years. <laughs> oh well, maybe just me then. Okay. Uh, bu- 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 oh well, they come in. They come by the two dozen, uh, which in no way endears them to me. So, which one of those is the
1: creepiest? You've got to make call: <laughs> the quillant or the goggettess.
2: I'm going to say the goggettess is more disgusting, mm-hmm. uh, largely based on this picture of it. Uh, I don't know what it's eating. Something. It's a messy eater, mm-hmm. uh, but I will say the Quillant is uh, a bit more mysterious. A bit and a creepier. Bit more, yeah.
1: Fair enough. That's creepier. Okay. And that's
2: got the Finland man quality I look for in my creepy monster. So, Mr.
1: Quillant, the award goes to you Yay. for creepiest monster. Hooray. Most complicated monster. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, this I basically went by Lent of snaplock. Pretty yeah. much. Excellent choice, yes. Um, so, I've got one, two, three, four of them. Okay. Which were a rival for second place. Oh. Each with like a, a qu- one and a quarter page stat block. Nice. And they were the Pleroma, which was that um, that one that we talked about earlier where you can yep. see like, the universe in him. hmm. The Succubus. Oh, yes. The Pitch Fiend. Okay. And the Demonish. Oh. Uh, nice so cool. the, each of those has a really long stat block, one and a quarter pages. But the winner. Ooh. Yes. The winner. Yes. Is the Vampire Mastermind. Oh. Because not only does it have a really really long stat block, yes. you also have to refer back to a separate list, oh, a, p- a page long page of things that all vampires have. Oh, so in total, the vampire mastermind, yep. page three two one, yep. is bun, 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 bun. the most complicated creature. So that's that's the basic He's got stat block. So a full page, so full page, himself, yes. and then you turn back. And you've got a full two pages here, which refer to all vampires. So he's three pages in total. Basically. So he's got his
2: basic vampire abilities and his true vampire abilities, uh,
1: and of course you can create vampires as well.
2: Mm, nice. Yeah.
1: Okay. Vampires, vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. My final category. So yes. If you've got any more, but mine is grossest. Yes. Grossest monster. Go on. Then. Grossest monster. Yes. My yes. page two hundred and fifty-one is the ophal. Ophal. This is a sewer-living shit monster. It's a monster made of shit. It's a shit monster. Not saying it's a shit monster. It's a shit monster. Well, it's a creature 10, so it's not that bad. Though really. so it lives in sewers, it's living heaps of soggy vegetation. Um, no, uh, wet detritus, sewage and rubbish. It's a shit monster.
2: It, it, it's basically a fatberg come to life to say, oh, you came to the sewers, did you? Mm. That was your first mistake. That is the grossest monster in this book. Yes, I it's think. got abilities like Putrid Stench,
1: which mm-hmm. is an aura, and Filth Wallow, which gives it a so They've avoided healing. using the word shit, but they mean shit all the way through there.
2: Yes, yeah, they're going for detritus, uh, rubbish, cesspit, uh, refuse. Mm, they like the vile. Apparently, their domains typically overlap with those of Otyogs, who fear of Mm. Although Otyogs have been known to band together in order to take one down. There we are. A creature so disgusting they're not even Oshuks oh, like it. <laughs> That's pretty
1: good work yeah. there. Well, there we go. That's the best of the bestery awards.
2: Yeah. Um, we think it's fine piece of work. Um, excellent production values. Got some kobolds on the front. I presume they're kobolds. Yeah, I think
1: they're
2: um, kobolds. Yeah, yeah they, they, they come in a variety of different colours. Essentially, what they're doing is they're doing the usual kobold mm-hmm. stuff and saying, hey, look at us, Mr. Troll. Look at us. And then the Hydra behind it is going, ah. <laughs> Dinner already. And the was like, oh, I'm going to eat you little cobbles, and I was just like, mm. hmm. That's how I interpret it.
1: Yeah. Yep. Oh, so, yeah. Yep. So you like it overall?
2: Yeah, I yeah, I really like it.
1: Compared to, say, the Monster Manual for D&D, how would you compare it? Um,
2: easier to navigate this one. Uh, the Monster Manual, there is a certain amount of like lumping, but mm. it's not as consistent. Um, There's
1: quite a lot of that in, if, if that by you mean like categories of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's quite a lot of that in there, which I actually found quite difficult to find some stuff.
2: Yeah, because I'm looking for things by the uh, first initial. Yeah, like I think you've just
1: got to get used to the way it's organised. Yeah, yeah. See the sidebar here? Yes. You know, they've got the various different sidebars, but this one is the Goblin Song. The Goblin Song? Goblins chew and goblins bite, goblins cut and goblins fight, stab the dog and cut the horse, goblins eat and take by force, ah. goblins race and goblins jump, goblins slash and goblins bump, Burn the skin and mash the head. Goblins here, and you be dead. Chase the baby, catch the pup. Leave the pup alone. Bonk the head to shut it up. Bones be cracked, flesh be stewed. We be goblins, you be food. I see. Lovely little song, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds like a perfect
2: playable race. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've got that traditional um, Bezo goblin art. Yeah, which is sort of no pupils, glowing red eyes, and. I've never been, to, to be S- honest, that much of a fan of that interpretation of a goblin. No, me neither. I, I, I don't know, I've never really seen it's it. It's very but... much associated with um, the Pathfinder brand, though. Uh, so okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, there we go. That That is the best jury. The best of the best jury. The best of the best jury. Yeah,
2: well, we shall sure look forward to uh, reviewing more releases as they come out. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, it's not really a review, was it? Yeah, it's, sort of really... <laughs> it's more of a, more mm. a light-hearted glance at it.
2: We quite liked it. It's got some stuff in it. Mm. Like, there's, there's monsters. Well, the thing is, it's, it's a monster issues. book, and monster yeah. books are monster books. And Yeah. You know what you're with this monster book. You say, cool, look at them monsters. Yeah. And you say, well, we're pretty sure we know what we're going to fight when we get to level
1: 18. There's not that many. Oh, well, there's still quite a few monsters, though. Yeah. That's pretty good. it well, it's interesting to see how what it's like to use in play, what well, those stat blocks are really like to use in play, because so I... No, when I did the playtest, yes I found them difficult because I didn't understand the keywords and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, and you know it turned into a, quite a lot of looking stuff up. Yes. but once you got used to all that, yes, and there aren't that many keywords. Yeah. So I, I do exaggerate that. I know that. Um, once you once you played the game for a bit, you probably know them all. Yes. it's probably super. Those stat blocks hopefully are super super quick. to what You can at a glance. Yeah, hopefully, Mm-mm. it's just when the keywords are things like deadly and dangerous and fatal and. I don't know. It's all basically <laughs> means the same yeah. thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, oh. I think we're probably done for the week. Then, are we? Oh, it's our times. you can get back to your barbecue now. Woo! <laughs> and I can go to the pub and meet Sharon. Yay! Hey.
2: Happy days. Hmm. As you two lie on your slippers and look cute.
1: Yes, yeah, so I have a dog on my foot. Dog on your foot. A dog on your foot. He always goes with a dog on in foot foot. Was, yeah, okay. a dog in his foot. I often have a dog on my foot, I don't I, Harrison? You can just to sleep now. See, He's you were running around like a mad thing earlier, and now you're poofed out, and now you're just lying there.
2: The coma on the sleeping dog. All right,
1: so we should probably say goodbye. Yeah. So next week Shadow Run with Dal. It'll be fun. The kind of the brand new Shadow 6th edition. Ooh. Is it 6th edition? Yeah, edition. edition? Yes, it is. 6th edition. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah. 30 years old. 6th editions. Wow. Right. Blimey. How yeah. many editions am I then? Oh, 51. 51? What? what? <laughs> I'm just making it numbers for us. <laughs>
2: fifty-one have got 51 board over there. Adding <laughs> entire decades. <laughs>
1: uh, right. Helping. <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening. Thanks I hope you much. enjoyed our totally useless review, non-review, uh, not even slightly uh, a review, it's Pathfinder Bestiary. It's got all the
2: valuable information like there are 414 monsters uh, with Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so until next week, with Daryl and Shadowrun, that'll be goodbye for me, Russ. And a goodbye for me, Peter Coffey, from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. And it's goodbye from Hudson, who's gone to sleep.
0: Bye. Apparently I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris' unofficial tabletop RPT News, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to Podcast at gmail dot com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.